Chapter 6. The Mower They had been bounding through the forest for quite some time when a loud grinding noise echoed through the trees. Blue immediately stopped. She hugged the floor and went so low that all her passengers could place their feet on the short grass of the path. Blue, what's wrong? Wraith inquired. She's scared. It's what cats do when they're frightened. Mine usually does this when she hears fireworks. It's okay, Blue. You're safe with us. We won't let any harm come to you. Katie stroked and petted Blue's giant fluffy head, but it had little effect because she remained flat to the floor. Wraith was not concerned for her fear, but was now looking far ahead to see any signs of what the noise may be. Jane, will you fly ahead and see what's making the noise? Be careful and don't get too close to whatever it is. No problem, Wraith. Jane enjoyed being of use. She often felt too small to help. Jane returned almost as quickly as she left. It's okay. What's ahead is not a threat. What is it, Jane? Wraith asked. You should see for yourself. It will explain why the grass is so short. Wraith looked at Blue, but she was still pressed to the floor. He said, Blue, mighty beast, can you travel onwards? Yes, I'll flatten my ears. Blue bounded forward. They turned a bend in the path. The noise, which was distant, was now booming in front of them. A man was pushing a very large mechanical machine. He had long grey hair combed back and a large checkered shirt draped over wide shoulders. He wore super tight, self-cut jean shorts, which stuck to his thighs. Hello there, sir, shouted Wraith. His voice fell on deaf ears. The man kept his back to them, dragging and pulling a large green machine. He can't hear you. I'll go and say hello, said Katie. No, Katie. Stay on Blue. I'll go. Wraith sprang from Blue's furry-coated back and jogged up the path and stopped behind the busy man. He tapped the man on his shoulder. Wraith pulled a martial arts pose because he expected to startle him. The man stopped pushing the large green machine and took a hanky from his jean shorts pocket and blew his nose. After he had placed his hanky back, he turned around. Bloody hay fever. It's awful this time of year said the man as he turned to face Wraith. Why are you not surprised? You didn't hear me coming. What's there to be surprised about? replied the man. Well, you didn't know I was there, and the forest is empty. There is no need to be scared or surprised if you just accept what it is. Wraith didn't reply, but pondered on what the man had said. Finally he replied, why are you mowing the grass? So people can use them. I haven't seen anyone use them. They might, and if they do, they can travel well. How many paths do you mow? All of them. What? All the paths in Festavia? Yes. How long does that take? I'm not sure. I never finish. You could do with a better mower. I'm sure you can acquire one. That doesn't require you to push it. It's good exercise and I enjoy it. The man had blue eyes and a big smile. His forearms blushed and throbbed with blood from constant strain. Katie and Alec had now joined Wraith. Alec began inspecting the man's large mower. This is some machine. What's your name, mate? Alec said, intrigued. It's Walter, and it was made perfectly... I've never needed to replace it. My boat is similar. I took my very first voyage to sea on it.
shouldn't replace things that still serve you. Why do you mow if it never ends? asked Katie. Not everything needs to finish. Mowing to me is not exciting, nor is it boring. I enjoy the process, and it's needed. Without these paths, Festavia would not be connected. You look very calm. My dad could do with a mower like yours. Wraith, keen to keep their quest on course, asked, Walter, we are lost in this forest. Can you direct us out? No problem. Follow this uncut path. Looking beyond the large green machine, it was obvious to see the grass was well over cat height and impervious to travel. It hasn't been cut for a while. Is this the only way out of the forest? To my knowledge, yes, the paths only exist because I create them. Walter, our time is very precious and limited. Is there any way you could help us? asked Wraith. We all have limited time. I must have the main paths completed in time for Festavia's final party of the season. If these paths are not completed, people will not find their way there. Katie stood stroking Blue's long dark mane. She had one ear on the conversation and had already worked out what was needed. She just wanted the men to finish their bonding chat. Walter, can we help you push your mower just until we are clear of the forest? she asked. Walter paused for a moment, deep in thought, and the facial impression he made wasn't encouraging. Um, I do prefer to do the mowing on my own. It has to be done properly. Properly being, well, I like the path to be consistent width and the grass must be three centimetres high. The edges must be tidy and even. Alec laughed and said, That's rather particular, Walter. When I catch fish, I just reel them in, sort them and sail on. Cutting grass is about a clean finish. I like to see the warm summer sun bounce off a finely cut surface. Katie's eyes were fixated on Walter. She observed his every nuance. She had long worked out that this man was a hard worker and liked things done correctly. He had done things a certain way for so long, he had little patience for incompetence. She would have to smartly make a deal with him. The problem was, if he suspected such a deal, he'd cease talking and there would be no further discussion. She knew this because Walter reminded her of her Italian father. Her dad would never indulge Katie and would always expect her to pay back whatever she borrowed. Now she was ready to speak. Walter, you seem like a wise man. Could you calm our cats while we all help mow the grass? She is very frightened of the noise it makes and I think she would be grateful for a new pair of strong hands to reassure her. Plus, you can keep an eye on our work from high up. Then I'd be idle. No, you would be having a well-earned break. I'm too busy for breaks. I haven't had a break in years. Your hay fever is high, but the sun is out, so you should relax and enjoy its rays bouncing from the path. It's not a break. You're training us. Walter laughed. You are very persuasive, Katie. For a short while, I shall take a break, but be prepared. It's tiresome work. Katie, Alec and Wraith all grabbed the hand of the mower. It was very wide and large. The handle was connected to a metal pole, which joined the rest of the green contraption. 
In front of them was the mower's blades, which intertwined into a cylinder shape and rotated in a spiral. The blades were painted red to be noticed, as they were very sharp. After the blades lay a large metal green box, which was the size of a shed and stuffed full of grass, as that was where the grass flew once reaped. The trio lined up and began pushing and pulling the mower. The large blades rotated around and threw cut grass into the box. A smile grew across Katie's face. It's so satisfying. This is going to be fun. Make sure you have good form and don't choose your back. Keep a steady rhythm, otherwise you will soon tire, said Walter from high up on Blue's back. Wraith took command by calling a steady count of one, two, three. After a short while, he stopped as they had become a team, working in natural unison. The mower made a swinging, roaring noise which calmed and relaxed everyone. Following behind, Blue was no longer scared because Walter's strong hands stroked her head. His hands gave Blue a deep head massage which took away all her fears. Many grains of sand passed by. Their arms ached and there wasn't a muscle in their body that was not fatigued. We need a rest, uttered Alec. Wraith did not respond as he too was defeated and masked his pain with a smile. Katie was red-faced and had barely pushed in the last few hours. Rest. There's no time for rest, Walter replied. Take a break. I'll take over from here. How much longer is there to go? Katie asked. Just a tick, which meant not long. They all climbed back on Blue and listening to the mower's sedating tune, they fell fast asleep. The morning light shone down onto their closed eyelids. They awoke to hearing birds tweeting. Wraith opened his eyes to see Walter still methodically pushing the lawnmower and said, There's birds singing and it's morning. Yes, you will be pleased to know we are on the edge of the forest, Walter said. He blew his nose like a foghorn. You've been mowing all night? Of course. Did you not sleep? When you get to my age, you don't need much sleep. How old are you, Walter? As old as the festival. You have the work ethic that I've never seen or known. Well, I've just been doing it for a very long time. It's a job that needs to be done. Do you enjoy it? I've never really thought about it. I just do it. Anyway, you're here now. Where are you headed next? We are here to find the festival organiser. Oh, he's a hard man to find, but I do know he always attends the final festival party. Good luck. And with that, Walter resumed his mowing off into the distance. The ambience amongst the sleeping group was peaceful and tranquil. Because Blue had walked all night, she lay her head on her paws fast asleep. Wraith lay back and rested his back on her furry black mane. He watched Walter mow down the deep valley and out of sight. The view from the edge of the forest was spectacular. They were high on one of two hills coated in green grass. Wraith's eyes began to grow heavy, and whilst listening to the tweeting from the birds, he too drifted off to sleep. Guys, guys! Everyone was asleep. Jane had buried herself deep within Blue's fur. Alec and Katie curled themselves up on Blue's back. Wraith was pressed up against her whiskers. Guys, guys, you're going to miss the party. Wake up. The insistent song-like voice awoke them all. Wraith flipped to his feet and the others casually opened their eyes. Calm down, ninja. I'm a raver, not a fighter. <laughs> the new voice exclaimed with laughter. 
Wraith was shocked and angry that he had allowed someone to sneak up on him. Who are you? he bellowed. This brought the rest of the group, including Blue, to attention. Easy there, tiger. I'm a friend, and I'm not into that. Into what? snapped Wraith. Macho fighting stuff. I'm into raring man, and you guys are missing it. As they cleared their eyes, a very tall man appeared within their foggy, sleepy vision. His smile was large, and wide black shades covered his eyes. His hair was bright orange, raised and bushy. Within his hair were tied beads and multicoloured woven braids. Miniature objects, such as a tiny compass, golden heart, and a hockey stick, hung from his hair. "'You have a lovely smile, and your hair is amazing!' Katie said with a warm smile to match. Snap! I feel yours too. What's your name, lovely? Katie, what's yours? I am Lynx. Wraith's eyes were wide, and any effect of fatigue had been instantly replaced by a controlled feed of adrenaline. Ignoring social formalities, he snapped. Lynx, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? Well, that's a good question. I should be at the craziest party tent, but now I'm here trying to make sure you guys don't miss out. What are we missing? Katie asked curiously. Do you know where you are? I believe we're in Festavia. Nah, you were just at the fringe. This isn't even the welcome mat at the door. It's okay, the main lineup hasn't started yet, but the build-up sets the vibe. This sounds amazing. Where are you guys heading? Lynx delivered his line with a whisper, which rose into an excited shout. Before anyone could reply, he answered on their behalf. You've got to get to Ruby Rugby. That's where it all starts. And then to fill time, you could go to Polo Pink. You guys must have a plan already. There was a pause. The group fell silent. Alec and Katie turned their eyes to Wraith. Wraith could feel the expectation build. He knew he needed to answer. We're going to feel our way around, but we must get to the finale. Link shook his head, like a parent does when their child matches the wrong shape with the wrong hole in an early learning toy. Feel your way around, man. If you do that, you will miss so much. This place goes off. The beauty of each season is that it's never the same. You need to be in the know. Have you got your tickets for the finale? We are yet to find a pair, Wraith said sternly and sharply. It's okay. I don't have any either. You can get in by making an offering. I came here last minute, so I'm in the same boat as you guys. Boat? I have a boat. Where's the sea? Alec oddly contributed. I love this guy. He's as mad as me. So, Wraith, what are you planning to offer to get in? Lynx's shades were now pointing directly towards the frowned and strained Wraith. Wraith could see his own reflection in Lynx's very dark shades. His face was a pure picture of discomfort. Katie was emphatically tuned in to Wraith's feelings. She read his body language and revealing expressions. He could feel her glare burning a deep hole through his long hair and to his head. Wraith, you're meant to be leading me. You don't know where to go, do you? I do know. I know that I will get you to the organiser and back home in time. Alec had guessed long before the forest that Wraith was lost. He sympathised with Wraith and decided to come to his aid and said... You don't have a compass, but you are using the North Star at night, aren't you, Wraith? Uh, yes, thanks, Alec, replied Wraith. He wasn't quite sure what Alec meant, but he knew it was in good jest. 
Lynx had sensed that there was tension building amongst his new crowd. He hated conflict and decided to intervene. It's cool, it's cool. I can show you how to get tickets. Every season I come here and get one. How'd you get tickets, Lynx? asked Wraith, acknowledging and thus admitting that this piece of the plan was beyond him. The festival organiser likes offerings which will contribute to Festavia itself. I usually do this by visiting each tent, and in the end I get something to offer. The problem is, there are many of you. It might be hard to get tickets for all. We must have tickets for everyone, as everyone is partying with me, said Katie. She pointed to everyone and did a quick twirl which flicked out her long hair. Lynx's smile expanded widely and he relaxed. His legs changed from being very straight with his feet pointing forward to one leg bent and his foot pointing out with his weight balanced on the other. He said, Whereabouts in Italy are you from? How did you know? Katie was pleased that Lynx had noticed. I was thinking Romanian, but really you have the feistiness and flair of an Italian that is probably from the south. Yes, my dad is from Naples, but Lynx... I don't mean to be rude. How can you tell? Are you not blind? That's cool, babe. Yes, my eyes don't work. How do you find your way around? In festivals, you don't need your eyes. You feel and work with the energy. And you, darling, have lots of it. He parted his hands, gesturing that Katie was bigger than her body. Lynx, tell me more about Ruby Rugby and Polo Pink. I'm so excited. Lynx's smile grew even larger, which was quite impressive, as it was already so large. Well, one I've been to and the other I haven't. Ruby Rugby is insane! It's out of this world! Basically, anyone who likes rugby, girls and guys, come to watch the game, but no one is actually interested in the game at all. Well, maybe some girls wearing og boots and denim skirts. It's just an excuse to party. What's cool about it is the people... They arrive all ready to banter and laugh. It's a great warm-up. Tell me about Polo Pink. Pink is my colour. Um, it's not my thing. Lots of boater and loafer shoes, smart shirt-wearing men there. I love that. It means plenty of free drinks, Katie said, clapping her hands. <laughs> OK, if you're down for that, I can take you. Katie jumped and clapped her hands together and squeaked. Yay! and said, Lynx, can you be our guide? Katie then clasped her hands together in a pleading gesture. Yeah, I'd love to, but is it okay with everyone else if I tag along? Well, we're lost at sea at the moment, so it's okay with me, Alex said warmly. Wraith paused again. He had been presented with a decision. Wraith thrived on structure and logic. It was how he became a great martial artist, but this land was proving, to him, to be illogical. Wraith assessed his weaknesses and concluded that he was not experienced at partying and this land was almost foreign to him. He knew he needed help from an experienced mentor. He needed a teacher. Jane fluttered around Wraith's head. She assumed the decision would ultimately lie with him. Please, Wraith. He seems really fun. Lynx, you seem like a kind man. My trust is not won easily, but I would like you to be a part of our group. We must all remember that we can't stay here for too long and we mustn't get distracted. Cool, guys. I'm going to show you all the best time. Don't worry about time, because once you properly experience this place, you will want time to stop. <laughs>